Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast with Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson, and I'm joined here, as always, by the man who might fall asleep talking about the NFC South this podcast. Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. I promise I won't fall asleep. But, okay, uh, good. Not exactly enthusiastic about these teams this season, gotta say. I don't know. Uh, I think there's some intrigue here. I don't know if I necessarily think these even these teams have particularly high ceilings this season, but I think there's uh, these are teams that I'm going to be wanting to see how they do. Uh, specifically, if you know, uh, I'm interested in seeing how Derek Carr, uh, you know, handles you know with the Saints and how that works, and I'm interested in seeing uh, the Panthers and all their young players, Falcons and Bucks. Uh, you know, I'm always interested in the Buccaneers, but I think as a whole, uh, maybe those aren't the two most exciting teams. But there there's some things to talk about here. There's some young players that are exciting on Atlanta, you know, new look defense. There's okay. Oh, like- uh, well, yeah. Uh, singling out Atlanta and not Tampa Bay. Okay, fine. Um, you know, this is this is going to be basic. You don't watch college football, but this is the NFL's equivalent of the Mac. You know, you're just sitting down with a Tuesday night. You got your you got your high noon in your hand. You got your nooner. And, you know, there's there's a little Toledo, Ohio action on and you're locked in. This is basically what the NFC South is for me this year. Yeah, I feel like the difference though is that these are still teams with professional talent. athletes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> these this is still this is not like I don't know, you know, glorified high school football. I will say, I think bad college football is better than bad NFL football. Interesting. That's a that's a, a take. I because you know the thing is like bad college football players like it bad you know amateur football players stink. So usually there's mm-hmm. a lot of points. There's a lot of offense. Because that's what's usually ahead of the defense, but for bad, you know, bad NFL players are still really good. the The ball just doesn't move as much. I feel like it's more stagnant. I I, I can see it. Let's transition from what could be uh, four bad teams potentially, or you know, maybe uh, they'll surprise us. It happens every year. I don't know who thought the Seahawks were going to be good last year and make the playoffs. So you never know. But uh, 
you know, uh, the way we do this every week, you will give a, give the order four through one. So why don't we just get into it? Who's finishing fourth in this division? Uh, I, first of all, I do think this is still, like I said, this is my ranking as the worst division in football. Like you said, maybe it could surprise us, but I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we have an under 500 team from this division in the playoffs again. I don't think it's crazy. But I also think the thing is, is like you look at last year, there was basically a game difference between the four teams. I think these teams are still kind of close to each other. Like, I don't think there's a huge gap between any one team. Maybe the team at the top. We'll talk about it. We've been debating about it all offseason. Um, I got Tampa Bay fourth. And How dare. sorry to do this to you. Um, look, I mean, they, they brought in an off new offensive coordinator, so maybe that works. But at the same time, he hasn't been an offensive coordinator before. Like, he's a quarterback's coach. So he doesn't really know what it's like to call plays. And – this was a bottom tier offense last season before all that transpired. And that was with Todd Bowles basically putting multiple sets of training wheels on this offense. They were the absolute worst run offense in football and they were middle of the pack passing offense. And that was basically the times that Brady had a clean pocket and Brady didn't want to get hit. Um, the Brady didn't get hit cause he really didn't want to get hit last year. The passing game kind of worked. And that was the only thing that they really had going for them. That being said, there's no Tom Brady anymore. And I just have a tough time seeing how this team moves the ball. I think this is going to be maybe one of the worst offenses in the league. And I just don't see how you win games without offense in the modern football. It's tough. I mean, it's it's just tough. Because we talk about the the two most important people in each organization, uh, or in, you know, uh, 40 organization. And at the top, you have Todd Bowles, who, uh, you know, we haven't exactly uh, sung praises of as a head coach, definitely a you know well-established coordinator, but as a head coach, uh, yet to really show he can do it. And I thought, you know, really was kind of a, a disaster last year. Also, um, you know, the quarterback thing of whether it's Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, it's not great either way. So there's some inherent just issues at the most important spots here. And so, well, I, there are certainly talented players on this team. There are, uh, I don't know, uh, Hall of Fame caliber players on this team. Uh, the issue is that the most important position, you can make an argument, they are 32nd in the league entering in uh, here. Yeah, and maybe 32nd at coach, too. So that's a bit mm -hmm. of a problem. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, like you said, like, you know, Tristan, Tristan Wirfs even is a fantastic player. You know, I like Godwin a lot, obviously. Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. Um, and even, you know, you look at a tight end like Otten, like I don't think he's anything to write home about, but I thought he did some pretty good stuff last year. Uh, Gage isn't even a bad third receiver. So there are weapons here, but you, you got to have somebody to get them the ball. And, yeah, I just I don't trust either of these quarterback options. Maybe we see a resurgent Baker Mayfield, but I've been I feel like we thought that last year and that lasted like three quarters. And then he had like a really nice game for the Rams, and then that kind of went away again. So I just I don't know what exactly is a resurgent Baker Mayfield at this point. And they really need a stable quarterback position because we saw what this offense was like last year. I just can't imagine how it's gonna be without a player of Brady's caliber. Yeah, I think betting on Baker Mayfield succeeding is uh, would be a mistake. 
But I also think that saying betting on anything about Baker Mayfield would be a mistake because no one's had the career that Baker Mayfield has had. He has <laughs> had one of the strangest careers. I don't know, maybe Carson Wentz is someone you could compare uh, it to. Uh, Wentz probably a little bit more strange actually, but like it's it's a very odd situation of someone coming in uh, having a very good rookie year, uh, probably the best you know out of that draft class. Then I you know I guess probably Lamar maybe better, but you know you could argue that Baker was better that year. Baker was you know, a good quarterback as a rookie disastrous year two, good year three disastrous year four when he was injured. And then, you know, in Carolina, it didn't work out. I think the way you talk yourself into Baker Mayfield is you say he struggled when he was injured with Cleveland. He struggled in the Freddie kitchens, uh, you know, situation. And he struggled when uh, he was in a tough situation in Carolina. He's not someone who is situation proof. There's no denying that, but could he be someone who in a good situation uh, can actually still, uh, you know, make things happen. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even then, like, I don't know, they eventually kind of sold the house on everything. But like when he entered Carolina, they had DJ Moore. They had Christian McCaffrey. It wasn't a barren cupboard there. Like, it was it a tough a situation. Uh, yeah, I'm I, not going to. It was a tough situation. I mean, I just I, I don't believe know. PFF had him as like the one of the lowest ranked receiving cores uh, at, you know, early on that year. It. it I get that he had some players. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I don't know. We've seen worse. It wasn't LaVisca Chanel wide receiver number one, but it was a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I guess the thing is I'm looking at here. So, like, I don't know. You, you watched every minute of every Tampa Bay game for, what, the last 10 years, basically? Um, yeah, probably longer than that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about this team a lot last season and the 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 first and second down you know, three yard and cloud of dust offense. And then, hey, Brady, bail us out on third down. That was their offense for basically three quarters until they're falling behind. And it's Brady, bail us out even more now at this point. Mm -hmm. If it's Baker Mayfield back there, like Todd Bowles is going to have no problem running the ball at the middle. Yeah. Like, how, how does that change this season? What are we expecting that to be different? I know it's a new face at the offensive coordinator eventually calling those plays, but do we actually expect any sort of difference from that? that scheme wise and what they want to do. And, you know, are they going to actually give Baker opportunities to try and fix himself, to try and save his career here? They did make some uh, adjustments. Uh, you talk about the changes. Let's go to the offensive line as I think just getting Ryan Jensen back could definitely be a, a benefit. Uh, you know, they drafted uh, Cody mock who they, I think hope can be good. Uh, you know, Nick Leverett was, Still not a great guard. You have Luke Gadecki currently slided in at tackle. So there's there's still some holes here. You mentioned Tristan Wirfs, uh, who's, you know, putting together quite the resume. Uh, so the offensive line has, you know, potential to be better, but I still don't love this offensive line. I still actually have it as a tier four offensive line. The other thing you could argue is maybe not having Leonard Fournette could be sort of addition by subtraction as, you know, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, kind of one, of the, one of the narratives that happened last year was how much he loved Leonard Fournette and kept giving Fournette the ball, despite the fact that, you know, Fournette wasn't doing so good. Uh, Rashad White now should be the starter, and Chase Edmonds uh, brought in as a backup. I still don't love that, though. So I still actually have that as a Tier 5 uh, halfback room. So while maybe those will be upgrades from last year, I still don't think it's going to be great. Yeah, um, I'm a little concerned about it, honestly. Like, I mean, mm. they clearly missed Gronkowski's blocking last year. Like, I thought that was just a huge thing that they lost, and... I mean, obviously he wasn't the same receiver he was at his peak or anything, but uh, 
I, I don't think know. They like, all, I think they might have missed, you know, Ryan Jensen, uh, Ali Marpet, and uh, yeah. Donovan Smith blocking well more. But yes, uh, Gorkowski also, the, the former Patriot also helped. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, they had a lot of stuff going on there that they had to change. Uh, Jensen being healthy, like you said, that's a big addition. But at the same time, like, they need Mock and Gadecki to be good or at least passable because that's that's mm-hmm. going to be a huge problem if they can't block <laughs> um again yeah. this season. So yeah, I like Rash- I, I like Rashad Light a little bit. I like what I saw last year, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ready to be a lead back. Uh we'll we'll see how that works. Yeah, I, I like him too, but it, you know, and he should have been the starter last year and that was kind of but I, I still, you know, uh, every team has some halfback that I'm interested in. Uh you know, even uh, a team that have a tier five halfback room. The receiving core is definitely where this team, you know, shines. The Mike Evans, Chris Godwin uh, combo is the you know, bright spot of this team. But again, who's the third option? You have Russell Gage, you have Kate Otten. Will one of those guys emerge as a third option? Maybe I still have this as tier two wide receiving core because I don't love the depth here. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, if Gage is healthy, maybe he's the guy because he just, wasn't healthy mm-hmm. enough last year. It seemed like he was in and out of the lineup basically all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean that top two. I mean it doesn't get much better than that top two. I mean there there are teams that are better top twos, but that is that that is a fantastic duo. It's one of the best in the league. Yeah. So that's the offense. One tier two, and then a you know uh, one tier two, one tier four, and then the rest tier fives. If you include the head coach, the defense is definitely a lot better. Um, starting off with the coverage, which. You know, I think losing Sean Murphy Bunting could hurt. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, Devin White in his, uh, you know, we, we will do the Devin, you know, we have to talk about the Devin White thing. He he was he was not very good last year. And I think that he's always been kind of a flawed player. But last year is probably his most flawed season. Um, so, you know, it does hurt in coverage to have uh, him out there. It helps a lot more, though, to have Levante David out there. It kind of masks some of those issues. Um, and, you know, uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, obviously an incredible safety. Uh, you know, I know uh, you, you're a huge fan of him. The Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean combo is very good. Uh, you know, Winfield kind of played slot corner a lot last year, and maybe that'll be kind of, you know, he'll be that hybrid guy. Um, again, so maybe some depth issues, uh, losing Mike Edwards, that's the safety position. You know, uh, Ryan Neal, uh, PFF was a huge fan of Ryan Neal uh, last year. He was their fourth highest graded uh, safety. I don't know about that, but I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, at least they like him a lot. Uh, I, I'm going to go tier two. I just think that, I, again, I have a little bit of concerns with the depth here, but I really like these starters. And again, coverage fluky. But Todd Bowles consistently uh, does put these guys in positions to succeed. At least he has in Tampa, including last season. Yeah, I mean, I do have some concerns too, but I I do trust Bowles on this side of the ball to really kind of have it figured out. Um, I don't really know like who who's the nickel in this spot. Is it D Delaney? Like, I don't love that. And you know, Ryan Neal, like you said, even for PFF standards, because they completely hyped him up. He, you know, it was kind of a career year. Is that something that's going to be consistently consistent out of him? And then we saw last year what happened when Dean and Davis went down. You know, that that's a bit of a problem and something they're going to have to look out for. So overall, that is a bit of a concern. The good news is they have not only one of the best linebackers in football, but one of the best coverage linebackers in football, too, um, that, you know, helps kind of minimize some of the risk that you have with some of these guys, you know, potentially getting hurt because he's a monster in the middle of the field. Yeah. Uh, as for the front seven, uh, you know, uh, I'm interested in, you know, I think, I think Vita Vea, like, you know, his PFF grades are, aren't that high and stuff, but like, 
there's a lot more that he does besides just like just you know he is someone who the name on the back of his jersey means something you have to pay, pay extra attention to him uh i think adding greg Gaines is actually a, a great fit i really like that uh pick because I, I always i like greg Gaines. i thought he was underrated when he was with the rams uh logan hall yeah, I had high hopes for, didn't, has not come in and done too much. Uh, Joe Tryon Shoyinka, I had high hopes for, was fine last year, but, you know, still hasn't lived up to the first round hype. Uh, you know, Anthony Nelson, I think, is a solid rotational piece at the edge rusher position. Um, and then you have Shaq Barrett coming off an injury is the concern there. Um, you also have, you know, linebackers like we talked about, Devin White and Levante David. Devin White also uh, underrated rough run defense last year like he wasn't good mm -hmm. any, you know in the past he had usually been a pretty good run defender but just struggled in coverage uh last year it was neither so i don't know but um you know i have it as tier three run defense and tier four pass rush it's another like there's the stars here but i just don't love the depth they also have you know they added uh they re-signed william goldson the uh, i believe he's the longest tendered tenured buccaneer uh, you know, as a good sort of rotational interior defensive lineman. But again, uh, I just don't love some of the depth here. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that too. I do love the edge rushing depth. Like I, I think Barrett, you know, as as long as Barrett comes back healthy, obviously he's a tier one kind of edge rusher. I dock it a right. little because of it. Yeah, because of the injury. Yeah. So you have him, you have Tryon Shoyinka, Shoyinka, who I think is a good player. And I still think the, the intangibles, I think are eventually going to pan out there. Uh, I really like that duo. Um, you know, I think, you know, we'll see what Kalaja Kansi looks like in year mm -hmm. one too. Um, but he's a really dynamic pass rushing interior defensive lineman. So I think that's something that could be interesting to lot watch. I think Logan Hall can be better in year two. Um, here's my question. Like, should they, sh should Devin White move to the edge? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that that's, uh, I mean, I think it's a completely different skill set being a pass rushing off ball linebacker and being just a straight up edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, it probably is, but at the same time, he he's a good pass rusher. Like that's his best yeah. quality is his athleticism mm -hmm. and getting after the quarterback. Now, part of that is also I think he times blitzes really well. I mean, I think he just gets off the ball well, um, and he's athletic. But I don't. I just that you know, we saw time and time again him getting exposed on defense, and I just don't know how if it's fixable. Yeah, I don't. I mean, listen, maybe try it in practice and see how it goes. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know if it's exactly the same skill set. And also, yeah, you brought up Cansey. I forgot to mention him when I talked about it. I'm just not expecting much from him year one. You know, um, you know, maybe you get a pleasant surprise, but I'm expecting him to take a little bit longer. To I'm a big fan of him as a player. I just don't know about uh his rookie season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it looks. But it, yeah, I just think overall, like, this is a good defense. Like, it feels like we're, you know, a little skeptical. Obviously, the depth is, you know, I think you could say depth on a lot of pieces. But the thing is, is that Tampa has spent a lot of money on a lot of star level players. So there's not just, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of depth this year that there has been in the years past. Yeah, and as you know, spending money on star players who aren't there anymore, right? Still, I believe they're still paying Tom Brady uh, thirty million dollars this year. So it's like you know, it's just it's a rebuilding year. It is what it is. No Buccaneers fan is unhappy about the decisions they made to you know uh, put you know with the salary cap and stuff these past couple of years. Um, I gave the Buccaneers uh, seven wins here. I, I think that Todd Bowles. I actually think will the defense should overperform typically but the offense probably will underperform which is already not great because i don't expect it to perform too great to begin with so uh you know the seven wins would you say over or under for that 
Um, I'd probably lean under, but like just slightly. I still think a lot of these teams here are six to ten wins, and I think Tampa's still in that boat because the defense is that good. I just think it's tough in an offensive league to try and not score points and be allergic to moving the football and being aggressive and trying winning games. Like I just don't know how that's going to work this year. So they got a few favorable games on their schedule that I think they can win, but I just think the inability. You know, they they won. What was it? They they won one game where they gave up more than 16 points. Like, if that's the benchmark that they have to perform at next season, I just I don't see how they're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's 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 a little tough. Uh, you know, uh, King Connor says scale one to 10. Where are you excitement level for an NFL season with your team not having a lot of hope? I guess that question could be for either of us. But uh, <laughs> for me, uh, I, I, you know. I guess if the average season is a five, I'm still at like a five. Like this is not, this is what I'm used to. Again, I still have the majority of my football watching life have seen my team be very bad. Like this is actually a, there's higher expectations this year for my team than there has been like on an average year for me. Uh, You know, like, yeah. hey, we could make, you know, make the playoffs in a weak division this year. This is great. Like, yes, the past few years have, I think, spoiled a lot of Tampa Bay fans. I'm, I'm still having fun right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. So here, here's my question. So are, are you going to be one of those people that root for your team to lose? No. Are you going to be happy with a loss? I, if it I, means Caleb Williams. I, I only only if it's really late in the season. But like, because yeah. I, I, I feel like if you're doing that, what's the point of watching sports at that point? Like your team's, yeah. here's the thing. Your team's not going to win a Super Bowl. Every now and then it happens, but your team's not going to win a Super Bowl. If you're watching football for your team to win a Super Bowl, you're doing it wrong because that doesn't happen. It's it, it happened to me weirdly, and I didn't expect it. Uh, and, like, if if all – if the whole reason I watched football was just for that one Super Bowl moment, like, I wouldn't enjoy football as much as I do. Like, it's yeah. – you know, the point is you turn it on on Sunday and hope your team wins that game. That's how I view it, and I think that's the probably the, uh, you know, the best way to do it. Because otherwise, you're just going to get yourself depressed every year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let me look at the schedule here. Um, great podcasting. I had it up just a second ago. Um, so, like, if it's, like, 2-10 and 10 and you're playing the Colts and it's, like, you're down 16-13 with the ball with two minutes left, you're 2-10. and 10. Caleb Williams has put together another Heisman season. He might go back-to-back Heisman trophies. Um are you saying, you know what, just take three knees and let's end this? <laughs> at a certain point, yes. At a certain point, I will. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I've never rooted against my team. Like, you know, the year that it was the Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota draft, uh, we were up like 10 points at the halftime. If we won, we wouldn't have gotten the first overall pick. And I was like, okay, we can, you know, uh, we can lose this one. That's, you know, th- th- I'm not above rooting against my team. I'm just saying I don't, I'm not going to do it like all season like some people do. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, I mean, there's still exciting things to watch about this team. So it's not like it's, you know, a lost cause. It's not like the Texans the last few years. There are better players on this team than there have been on some bad teams in the past. Yeah. Uh, just One more thing before we can move on to the other te- uh, teams. Uh, I remember there was one year the Buccaneers were 2-10 and 10 and were in a position where if they, had won, if they win one game, they would be one game out of a playoff spot. Uh, due to that, uh, how bad the division was when the Panthers won with a losing record. Uh, and like at that point, like, yeah, I'm rooting for my team to win. I want to, let's make the playoffs at, you know, five and uh, 11. Sure. Let's go. You know, that's that. uh, I feel like that's, that's part of being a fan. I've never, especially I know Steelers fans. I think we're saying like, we shouldn't be winning these games because, you know, even when they were, you know, trying to make the playoffs because they're like, well, you know, we need a better draft pick. Why, Why are you doing that? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you can make the playoffs, make the playoffs. 
Well, the thing is, is like, if you're rooting for your team to go from like the 16th pick to the 12th pick, I think that's loser mentality. Because in the NFL, the 12th pick and the 16th pick don't have that much difference. Right. If it's the number one pick in the draft, that's yeah. a different story. You know, yeah, if you're if you're in that range, yeah, absolutely go for it. But like, there's no difference between the 12th and even like the 20th pick. I'd say just win and get the 20th pick. Yeah, but also that's just me. I, I don't fan yeah. shame. However, you get enjoyment out of it's just the entertainment product at the end of the day. We'll do whatever you want to do. I'll fan shame. I don't care. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's uh, move on. Which team will be finishing third uh, in this division? We know who number one's going to be, but who do you have at number three? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to disagree on this. Um, I went back and forth, and these two teams, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the same exact record, honestly, and split their season series because they do feel pretty close to me. I'm going to go with Carolina at three, though. Wow. Um, I think Carolina is building things the right way, and I think fans should be excited about this team. Fans should be excited about Bryce Young. I'm just going to preach a little bit of patience this year, though. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, look, I think that there are, you know, this defense has a chance to be nasty. Uh, you know, we, we had some concerns about Derek Brown, Derek Brown put together a fantastic season. This secondary, I think is coming together really nicely. And you know what? I still think they should have taken Mac Jones a couple of years ago, but JC Horn looked pretty darn good last year too. So there are good things to like about this defense. I think the defense can be good. The offense, I have concerns. I think it could be a bottom tier offense, similar to with Tampa Bay. I just look, I think Bryce Young has the goods. I think he can be a very good quarterback, but we have seen over the last few years, you know, you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Tua, you look at Justin Herbert. The number one thing that helps a young quarterback succeed is skill position. And Carolina's traded all of their skill position, and they just don't have the same guys as like they've had in the past. You know, I don't feel comfortable saying Bryson is going to succeed because he has Terrence Marshall, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, DJ Shark, Miles Sanders. That just doesn't feel like the same caliber of guys that's really going to help a young quarterback succeed early on. I'm preaching patience. I still love him as a talent, but they really need a top-end talented guy to get in there. You, you think the Panthers still should have drafted Mac Jones? Yeah, I mean, I still think that, you know, there's talent there that they need. I mean, like, I, I'm not saying, like, you know, at the time I thought they should have, but, like, uh, I feel like. I well, don't yeah, know. I mean, uh, at the time, obviously getting Bryce Young now, it looks okay, but I still yeah. think at the time, yeah, they should have drafted Mac Jones. I'm just saying, if, the I, I don't be, if there I don't was a trade, if the, if, the, if the Patriots traded J.C. Horn, uh, got J.C. Horn for Mac Jones one for one, are you happy or disappointed? Uh, disappointed because you can't win football without a quarterback. I guess so. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, we'll talk more about Mac Jones in a bit. Uh, you, I cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, that was basically everything I had. Like, I just think that they're going to need skill position talent to really help Bryce reach his full potential, and they don't have it right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and that and that's totally fair. I mean, again, you know, the two people at the... We did say Bryce Young is probably one of the better, more pro-ready, uh, you know, quarterbacks as of right now, uh, which I don't... Uh, which I, I think is true. The, you know, I, I think that exactly what you said, I think you, you hit the nail on the head of like the, the sporting cast is an issue. Frank Reich has done some good stuff with lesser receiving cores. That is like a, you know, a thing that's a positive trait in him. Uh, I'm giving, you know, tier five quarterback play just because rookie quarterbacks tend to not play great right away. It's not predictor of Bryce Young's success for his career, just for this first year. Uh, and I'm going a tier four head coach. I do think there is some, there are some things to like with Frank Reich, but uh, you know, he did just get fired last year for a reason. Um, yeah. You know, uh, 
you know, we could talk about the receiving core to start things off, really, unless you had anything more about that, because, you know, it kind of all ties together. DJ Chark, I liked in his role with the Lions last year. Adam Thielen, I didn't think was particularly great uh, last year for the Vikings. Uh, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr., I still haven't seen it. Uh, Hayden Hurst might be their, the guy I trust the most right now, uh, which probably isn't a great situation. Uh, I don't think that they'll be in a, in a situation where to have nobody because they do have plenty of guys. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that player. Fine. Uh, you know, they uh, drafted a guy as well. Uh, but like, it's just the I I don't know if they have a number one option. I don't know if they have a number two option either, which is kind of a concern. Yeah. yeah and, you know, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about, too, is separation. Like guys who get separation mm. and make easy throws for quarterbacks is huge for young guys. And at this point in his career, Adam Thielen is not really separating from anybody. DJ Shark's not really a separation guy either. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know what, I don't know how these guys get open for Bryce. And I mean, he might be able to, you know, I think one of the things that was interesting about his time at Alabama, like his, his receiving core last year, low key was kind of stunk for Alabama standards. They usually mm-hmm. have the best receiving core in the league, uh, college football. So he he's worked with lesser receiving cores than probably expected, but at the same time, like I just don't know how much he's going to succeed if these guys can't get separation on NFL defenses. Feels like this is going to be a much very much a run the ball and play action style offense, which is you know they're not the only team in this division trying to do that. Uh, you have you know if they're going to do that, uh, you know I think that there's a lot of stuff to like about the offensive line, although there are some maybe concerns as well. I think that the, you know, Key McWanyu, I think probably had the best out of those uh, top three tackle seasons last year. He kind of struggled early on, but I thought made some improvements sort of game after game. Also, uh, Taylor Martin, I think is very good uh, for mm-hmm. the interior. You know, you know, Braden Christensen, I'm not sure is, is the best player. We have Bradley Bozeman and Austin Corbett as well. I think are uh, pretty good on the inside. So, um, you know, as a whole, I think this is maybe not the most consistent offensive line. So I have it as tier three, but there are, you know, the tackles should be good, helping out Bryce Young there. Also the running game, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, uh, both very good. I'm also going tier three for the uh, halfback room. So, you know, at least there's there's more. That's not quite as bad as the receiving core. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to establish the running game. I mean, I'm okay. Like Miles Sanders is okay. Like he just feels replaced. I mean, we just saw Philly basically said, "Yeah, we'll we'll take DeAndre Swift." Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, so I we'll see how that works. I guess you know they're gonna have to pound the ball. They're gonna have to you know use play action in their offense a lot this season, and that's probably how you get separation with these receivers. We'll just see if it works. I mean, I, I like a lot of these offensive linemen. I think Okwanu has the good to you know take a lead this year too, and you know be one of the better offensive lineman in football it's just you know is it all going to come together this season yeah uh let's move on to the defense why don't we again another, another team more fun to talk about the defense although again kind of similar to tampa bay it's like you have the stars but do you have the depth here especially when it comes to the, the coverage uh situation where you know uh, I, I think i think jc horn's great i thought he had a great uh season last year uh you also have you know Good safeties with, uh, you know, Von Bell and Jeremy Chin. Uh, I, I like that situation. But it's like, what what else are we, you know, what else do we have here? Because, like, you know, last season, they tried to have C.J. Henderson cover Mike Evans one-on-one uh, in the biggest game of their season. Like, that in, that was basically the reason why they didn't play in the playoffs was because they were, like, one corner short. Uh, and so I still don't know where that corner is coming from. And that's kind of a, a real concern I have with this team right now again you know is it keith taylor is it dante jackson i don't know 
But uh, because of that, I, I think I have to go tier four coverage unit because we know how much of a weak link position it is, and I don't love their depth. Yeah, and I hope it's not Dante Jackson. That doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a recipe for disaster uh-huh. <laughs> or success. But that being said, like like you said, th- this safety room is very good. Von mm-hmm. Bell obviously is a good signing. I think um, you know Xavier Woods. I think is not a bad player, and you got him, and you got Chin, and you got Horn. Like you said, there, there's a lot of versatility there too. A lot of those guys can move around the field, play in different spots. I think that's a huge thing. But yeah, I mean. The end of the day, outside corner is a very much. Uh, can you beat your man? Can you win one-on-one battles? And I don't know if uh, whether it's Dante Jackson or uh, somebody else that that's going to be a recipe recipe for success. Um, I guess the good news is you know it, there's not a ton of receivers in this division outside of uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, New Orleans has some some guys, and it, oh wait, I, I see uh, New Orleans and Atlanta has guys. Well, they, Atlanta has one. I guess they could line up Michael or Kyle Pitts out there. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not them. Maybe maybe they're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like that's like the one thing like you don't want to be have a weakness at in this division. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's still a lot to like about this secondary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and again, all that has to happen is one guy to step up. We know how it's cu- fluky coverage is. One guy ha- becomes a good number two corner, and uh, this could be like a great secondary. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's got to go what, what's on paper right now. As for the interior, or as for the uh, front seven, excuse me, uh, the interior defensive line, yeah, Derek Brown, who's great, uh, you know, to add a shy Tuttle, who I think uh, could be a you know good starting interior defensive lineman for them. Uh, the edge rushers, I'm still waiting on that, like, year grow to uh, gross mottos uh, like breakout season i feel like we haven't really seen that brian burns obviously great um you, you know you you have uh you know marquise haynes senior uh, as the other guy so again there's a bit of depth here right it's i like mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff but what do you have at depth the linebackers should be good shaq thompson frankie luvu uh you know i, I i'm i feel okay about i don't feel bad about that situation necessarily uh, i actually feel good about that situation but um, as a whole, I, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, probably pretty similar to Tampa Bay, actually I, a little bit better though. I, I'm going to go the tier two run defense and tier three pass rush. Tier three pass rush tier two. Yeah. I mean, I really like this run defense. Um, the sec- the, the other thing too, is you mentioned, you know, the secondary corner spot is outside of Burns, who's getting after the quarterback really consistently. Um, and their linebackers aren't that great in coverage either. So, like, unless Burns gets to the quarterback, is this is this defense just going to be picked apart because of that? I mean, I, I think there are some issues there. But overall, I do think it's a very good defense. Up front, they are very solid, and Brown's just Brown's turning into a star at that position. So I think those go a long way, and um, I think they got some really good stuff for the next season. Yeah, I, I had the Panthers going 6-11 and 11 here. I, I think that there's some potential for... I think there's there's potential with this team. I think this team has you know uh, a higher ceiling than a lot of the other teams in this division, maybe than all the other teams in this division, just because of the Bryce Young factor. If instead of tier five quarterback play, they get tier two quarterback play in year one, well now that's different, right? And we have seen that. It's not like that never happens. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, those guys had you know were great right away. Uh, but it's just un- it's rare for it to happen. I don't know if this is the situation where it happens. So. Uh, you know, it, it, they're, a, they're a fascinating team. They're going to be fun to watch, but I, I'm with you in that. And I think most people kind of agree. This is a, a team to wait and see how they end up being. Yeah. 
Um, so you have this team below Tampa Bay. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. I could see it kind of bottoming out here. And um, I, I guess, think you that, know, the, you know, Tampa Bay has the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin thing. And also, I think that they're, yeah. I like their secondary better. So the, 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 the thing, there are similar teams. I think Tampa Bay has certain things that I like better than Carolina. I think I would agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. Um, I, I do think that they have a chance to be pretty good. I just don't think that, like, I feel like I feel like seven wins is a successful season. Like, I feel like you should feel pretty good about yourself if this team goes seven and ten. Uh yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fair. I mean, they weren't a disaster. It's weird because they weren't a disaster last year, but I also think they kind of overperformed maybe their uh, talent level a little bit, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh they're it, it, you know, it, it's just interesting to see see what they do. Again. I really think for the Panthers, it's all Bryce Young. I think if mm-hmm. if you have if you win ten games, and Bryce Young looks terrible, then uh, you know you're not happy. And if you win two games, and Bryce Young looks awesome, then you're very happy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right. Well, there's two teams left: uh, the bitter rivals, uh, Saints and Falcons. I think we all know where you're going with this. I'm surprised one of these teams is still here. I got to be honest. But uh, well, <laughs> you shocked the world. And have the Falcons at number one, or are we going with the uh, the Saints here? Uh, no, I'm not shocking anybody. I got the Falcons at number two. Uh, okay. The way you said that, it sounds like you might have the Falcons at number four. But I haven't we'll I haven't given a, a win total yet. I I do it yeah. do it live. I come up with it live on the show. All right, live on the t- show. Um, mm. Look, I mean, I think. <laughs> it, it it really feels like it's the Desmond Ritter of it all for this Falcons team because. Like, I don't think this defense is going to be awesome next season, but I do think it's going to be slightly better and slightly better from what it was before. I think it's a huge step up, and it, I don't know how good Desmond Ritter is, but they're certainly giving him an opportunity to succeed because if you look at Drake London, you look at Kyle Pitts, you look at Bajan Robinson, you look at a very good offensive line too. This has the makings of a pretty good offense, and then you throw on top of all of that, Arthur Smith, who I still believe is a good coach, and I think he's also a very good offensive mind. I think you throw all that together, this this Fal- Falcons team, if they get at least like below average quarterback play, could be kind of decent. Um, like I don't I don't know if they're gonna win like ten games, but I could see them winning eight or nine if things go well. I mean, this team's won seven games the last two years, and I don't think their roster is very good. I think this roster is a little bit better, and I could see them winning a couple more games. It's interesting. They're a fascinating team. I mean. Obviously, the the risk you're taking, I agree. I think Arthur Smith, like, I have him as a tier three head coach. I think that he's, I don't know if I've seen him be, you know, dominant as a head coach necessarily. He hasn't had the opportunity to, uh, you know, and I, I like that Atlanta seems seems to be giving him some time, although I do wonder if things go poorly this year, will that time be running out? Um, but, you know, betting on the Falcons to finish second is in a way, betting on Desmond Ritter, which is just a big risk for a guy who, I mean, let's just be honest, you know, he was a third round pick for a reason. He played like a third round pick last year. Uh, are we expecting him to take a massive jump, you know, step forward? I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the big question, but at the same time, I, I look at it like this team, this team was 15th in scoring last year. They scored, you know, a decent amount of points per game. Like, they don't need him to, you know, be anything amazing. They need him to be, you know, maybe a, you know, a poor man's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Can mm-hmm. he do that? I don't know. But I mean, they're going to give him that opportunity to because it's the same offense that they're running and they have top end talent around him to work. 
I think they might need him to do a little bit more than that. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the the weapons here with the Drake London, Matt Collins, uh, Scotty Miller, Kyle Pitts. That's kind of the four. It's it's Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And then do you have a third option? Not really. Uh, that's kind of where they're at. And one of those options is technically a tight end, although, you know, Kyle Pitts, uh, I don't know. Uh, we, need a, we need a name for that position, right? Sort of how we have like nickel corner. There should be a name for the, the hybrid tight end, uh, you know, receiver uh, player. Um, I'm going to give it, yeah, yeah I guess, uh, I'm going to give it tier, tier, tier three here. Uh, you know, I, I like London and Pitts a lot. I think, I think Pitts got too much criticism last year. I think he's still very good, but, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a depth issue here. And I don't, I also don't know if I like, you know, London and Pitts quite as much as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I really like their top two guys. Uh, yeah. it, it really comes down to. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Mac Owens is a stiff either. I mean, it just comes down to can those guys kind of patch together to be a fourth, third guy, um, or really a fourth guy, because um, we're going to talk about um, maybe my favorite player in the NFC South here in a second. And that is the starting running back for this team who's going to catch a lot of footballs too, because he is legitimately one of the best pass catching running backs I've seen out of college. And I think that's going to be a huge part of their offense. Well, let's just talk about it now. Uh, Tyler Algier uh, coming off a great rookie year or, uh, you know, coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's great. Uh, that's not quite who I had in mind, but he is good. Oh. Yeah, I uh-huh. like him as a secondary running back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, obviously, B. John Robinson. I mean, I'm going tier two running back. I can't give a tier one to a team, to a guy, you know, a starting running back who have never seen play in the NFL. So tier two. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Uh, he obviously needs to play. Let's let's put it this way. So the three running backs last year had 300 carries. If I gave you 300 carries for Bijan Robinson, are you going over and under? Um, assuming he stays healthy, uh, I think I think I'm definitely going over. I think I am too. They're gonna force feed him this ball. I mean, yeah, he, he's got a pretty nice offensive line in front of him too, and. I mean, he's just a terrific runner. So they're going to force him the ball. They gave him a top 10 pick for a reason. And I think he's going to be kind of abused by this offensive coaching staff. So I think that's that's the big thing where I see this Atlanta Falcons offense succeeding is because I think, you know, we debated this during draft. I think he's generational prospect. I think he can hit the ground running and have uh, offensive rookie of the year caliber season. I think he's probably going to do it just because he's going to get a lot of carries. Like, I think that like that alone, because again, people won't if he gets like, you know, if he gets over a thousand rushing yards and like, or like leads the league in rushing, which is totally possible, then like, uh, I could totally see him getting it. But I just, I don't know what I, I didn't, you know, we just disagreed on it. I didn't see like a total generational running back. I saw a very good running back who was my running back one, but I wasn't like, this guy is going to, I, I didn't see a Derrick Henry, which is kind of what they're asking him to be. And I think, well, yes, I can kind of, I can paint the picture uh, of how it can work out. Like if Bijan Robinson comes in and it's just like a fine running back, this offense looks like a disaster, right? Like they need, they're relying so much on him to come in and be a star right away. Yeah. I mean, they, they are relying on it, but at the same time, we saw what this offense did with Tyler Algier. And I mean, we just quite frankly think he's better than Tyler Algier. Like, I don't know that. He, I thought Tyler Algier was really good last year. I'm willing to bet it. I I will. I don't know. I mean, we'll just, we'll see what happens. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, there there is the variable of he hasn't played an NFL down, so we don't know. But I I'm just willing to bet my stake in it. Honestly, I would say you know 
I'm call, I'll call it right now. Let's go 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns rushing to John Robinson. Wow. Okay. Uh, so that would be, I believe that would have been the best running back season last uh, year. So you're saying he will uh, exceed what everyone else did last year. No. So 1,500 yards was Josh Jacobs over 1,600. Oh, Derrick right. Henry, Nick Chubb. And then okay. Der- Derrick Henry had 13 rushing touchdowns. Eckler had 13 rushing touchdowns. Um, Jalen Hurts had 13 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> My God. Um, that stupid push play. Uh, Nick Chubb had 12 rushing touchdowns. Jamal Williams had 17. So he would be among the best running backs in football yeah. next season. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see. He'll get the volume. He'll certainly get the volume. Uh, you know, again, people are going to look, you know, simply just post the, he had 100 yards in his rookie game, you idiot. Uh, you thought he was going <laughs> to suck and he's great. Like, that's going to happen right away. And again, I think B. John Robinson is great. I just think that the expectations have gone a bit too far for him. That's all. Yeah. Or he's going to have 18, eight carries for 17 yards, and I'm going to get made fun of. It's okay. <laughs> Either way, somebody's going to win this. It's okay. Yeah. Whatever. And, and you know, or, we'll, you know, we'll both somehow be, we'll be, if we're both right about something else, uh, no one will talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think that they've, they've put a really nice offense around him, and I just don't think it's going to fail. I think he's that good. We'll see. Uh, the offense, offensive line, uh, there's parts I really like about it. Chris Lindstrom, I've been banging the drum for a while now. I thought was one of the more underrated guards in the league. No one listened because no one wants to hear about one of the more underrated guards in the league. That's just <laughs> not a video that gets a ton of clicks. But, uh, you know, also Caleb McGarry and Jake Matthews, very good tackle tandem. Some issues interior. Uh, wise with Matthew Bergeron as a second round pick who I wasn't crazy about coming out of college doesn't have uh great uh you know run blocking analytics although the pass blocking uh analytics a little better uh Drew Dahlman I've never really seen much from as out of the center position so I'm going tier three offensive line we talk about it being a weak link positions you know area definitely some talent here but again what will Bergeron do coming into the league what will uh drew dalman do uh can he just be solid uh you know because the other three guys are very good yeah is uh is is matt hennessy i thought i saw matt hennessy starting left guard uh maybe maybe i have my notes wrong uh i, I don't know how much it moves the needle i mean i think hennessy's all right so um but either way i mean i think i can agree with that there are some top end dudes here though I mean, there are some, like, if you look at, it doesn't get much better on the right side of the line than uh, Lindstrom and McGarry. I mean, that's, that's, that's where this, this really shines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's great, great players. Yeah. So I'm trying to, it looks like PFF does not have Hennessy uh, under thing, but I I Googled it and it said he is there. He's definitely an upgrade. I'm not sure if that, that might even bump it up to, uh, a tier two offensive line for me. I don't know. It, it's fringe tier two, tier three. It, Cause they're again, you know, again, they have three great players on this line. I think at least two. Yeah. I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I think it's close. I think you could argue that the way for tier. What, what tier you're going to put it at. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the defense then. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, there's so you just started laughing when I said defense. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to be as nice of a uh, review, I would say, but it's better than what we saw the last couple seasons. It is. That is definitely true. Um, this is the team that might uh, be starting Jeff Akuda, uh next season, uh, which, you know, again, I actually don't hate as like a, hey, let's try and, you know, just let's just see what happens. Let's just take a flyer on him. Sure. Why not? But like that just kind of shows where they're at. Like Darren Hall might be another starter here. AJ Terrell 
I'm expecting is going to bounce back. Corners are weird to have fluky seasons. He had a bad year. It's okay. I'm not going to freak out. Jesse Bates should be good. Uh, we'll see what your guy, Richie Grant can do uh, at the, you know, uh, there, but you know, uh, again, we talk about secondary being kind of a, a weak link area. There are some players who I really like. I'm kind of in between tier four and tier four. Uh, five. I think I'm going to go tier five coverage unit for the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's fair. Like I think the Okuda resurgence was a little overstated last year, but at the same time, like I don't know who was succeeding in that Detroit secondary. Um, I just don't what it was last season. I do think Terrell bounced back. Kirby I think Joseph. Jesse. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think Jesse Bates kind of stabilizes a little bit of the situation here. Um, and they really need Grant to kind of pan out because I mean, that's probably where the upside is. If if Grant's just decent, like, this this becomes a decent secondary, I'd say. Um, Does it? I feel like they still have uh, a corner issues outside of Terrell. Maybe, but I, 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 wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if Okuda's at least a little bit better, right? Sure, but I'm thinking it's more than just if just Grant is decent. You need more than that. Yeah. They, they got a couple guys. I mean, it really just depends. Um but I mean, they, they, it's still projecting a lot of guys who haven't really been good to get better. And that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I could see it. I could easily see this exceeding expectations. I think that there's there's a way you can envision it, uh, maybe even better so than like Carolina, where I just feel like they're going to have depth issues. I just feel like that's yeah. what, how I feel going in. Atlanta, I feel like is in a better uh, spot there. So, you know, I will uh, maybe I will bump them up the tier four coverage because of that. Yeah. Little Mike Hughes bounce back season, maybe. I mean, yeah, was... there, there's some stuff. You're right. Tier tier four feels better. I think that I feel more comfortable with that. There's still some issues, but there's a way you could talk yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest problem that we're having here is this this uh, secondary isn't given a lot of favors by their pass rush, and uh, I guess you want to get to that. Yeah. Um. Again, uh, might be starting Bud Dupree. Actually, that's just listed as a starter right now. I like Arnold Ebiketti. Uh, I like him a lot coming out of college. Uh, again, you didn't show a ton his rookie year, but you know uh, we'll see what can happen. Uh, Grady Jarrett, I th- still think is great. I think that his you know analytics and stuff get hurt by the fact that everyone knows who he is and can easily game plan around him. I'm interested in seeing how Calais Campbell could help. I'm interested in seeing how uh, you know uh, David Onyemata can help. I-, I-, I am fascinated in some of these individual players or Lorenzo Carter. Uh, you know, uh, I-, I don't think that this is a uh, you know, even Mikel Walker. Like, I don't think this is a, a talentless roster. I'm just a little, a uh, little concerned about, uh, you know, maybe do they have someone who can come in and really be good? I guess is the question. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so you know, Caden uh, Ellis. I uh, didn't mention him as well. Those are the guys in the front seven. Um, you know, again, like Grady Jared a lot. Interested in Arnold Ebiketti. I'm gonna go tier four across the board here. Uh, I think I'd agree with that. I might even go tier five pass rush because I do like Campbell and Jared a lot, but I mean, quarterbacks may be able to stand back there for five, six seconds with this team. Like, I just don't know. Well, it's not going to be that crazy. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean that never happened. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I, that was hyperbolic, but I mean, at the yeah. same time, like, I don't know. It's, it's a Bud debris led defensive line pass rush. Like, I just, I don't know the recipe for that success. I, I'm expecting more from Arnold Ebiketti. And and this is just my bias from how much I liked him coming out of college. I'm expecting now in kind of a more steady role uh, with, you know, with the good interior defense, adding Calais Campbell, I think should help. Uh, I'm expecting to see him, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think even I would put Lorenzo Carter above 
Bud Dupree on the uh, Bud Dupree's still going to get like 500 snaps uh, if it, if they don't sign someone else. That's still a concern. But I'm just saying, yeah. I think there's there there are some players I like. Yeah, I mean, even like Ellis is a good pass rushing linebacker, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, are you relying on a pass rushing linebacker to get after the quarterback? I think that's a that's not going to work. Yeah. So as a whole, with Atlanta, um, I don't know. There's things to like about them. I, I can see it. I, I can't see it, but it's just like at the end of the day, this is a team that I don't think will have a good defense at all. I think that I I hate their quarterback situation. I like their receiving core. I like their halfback room. I like their offensive line, but this is still, I'm going 6-11 and 11 here, Kyle. 6-11? and 11. Yeah, I think that's in the, don't think in the right. You hate it. You can yeah. say it. <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 th- I, I think that their ceiling is still, what, 8-9, eight, 8-9 eight to nine wins? Like, that's probably the best case scenario still, and that's where I'm putting them here, where I could see the best case scenario working out. Like, I, I, I do see that scenario. But at the same time, I, I don't know if there's a situation where this team wins 10-11 games. Yeah, here's the thing. I can see what you're saying. I definitely, I don't think it's crazy to think that that could happen. To me, that just feels like a best case scenario and not a prediction. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but at the same time, like, it, what's the most likely best case scenario? Um, let's go through it here. Um, Carolina's best case scenario where their secondary is kind of figures it out. Some of those guys take a development. They're able to mask that second corner spot and their receivers work out next to Bryce Young, Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask or Atlanta with, um, you know, their defensive issues. Like, I still think that offense is still going to like it. I could see Ritter being bad and this offense still being okay. That's the thing. And this feels like a this feels like a team that Arthur Smith, after years of trying to rebuild this thing, feels like a kind of Arthur Smith team. And they're gonna run the ball a lot, they're gonna control the clock, and I feel like they're gonna be able to steal games that way. Maybe. I mean, you know, it didn't work with Derrick Henry and Marcus Mariota, right? Like you, I think yeah. you still need to have like I still feel like if Devison Ritter doesn't take a big step forward, even if everything else in the offense hits, I still don't know if this team's winning more than like seven games. That that's just kind of how I I think they need at least decent quarterback play as well. So that's why I would say I think Tampa Bay has a better chance of just because all they need is one thing. They just need yeah. the Baker Mayfield, who has been good in the NFL before, to p- play well, and then you know they would be the team that kind of hits their upside. But again, none of these teams look great. Yeah. And like I said, I, I see all these teams kind of within a game or two of each other again. So we're kind of right in queue with that. We just got the order different. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, You know, last year, what? Every team finished seven and ten, except for Tampa Bay, who finished eight and nine. The team that you have winning the division could be their what? This would be their fourth time in five years if they win the division this year. They're the one team. Everyone else kind of, you know, said, let's let's build for the future. Let's not do anything crazy. The Saints said, you know what? We got a winnable division here. Let's go out and get Derek Carr. Uh, coming off of Derek Carr's worst season in the league, uh, I have Derek Carr as a uh, – well, actually, uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't you tell me why you have the Saints finishing first? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little higher on this team than you are. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and say that this is a, you know, you know, exactly a foolproof team, but I could see this team in this division specifically winning 10, 11 football games. Like I, I do think there are concerns. I'm concerned about the interior offensive line. I'm concerned about, you know, a couple players on defense, although I think it should be a good defense, but Derek Carr's a better situation than what they had last year. And the 
I think my biggest concern with this team is Dennis Allen, the Dennis Allen of it all as a head coach, but I do think there are good players here and this team is capable of winning 10 games. Um, I don't know if I would put it in my, my tier two of the NFC with teams like Detroit, Seattle, Dallas, but they might be that next year and they might be at least a worthy playoff team this year compared to what we saw last year from this division. And I think that's at least a partial step up. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about Dennis Allen, it's concerning. Um, I think that, you know, similar to Tampa Bay, like that just, it's like, that's a thing that you, you can't get too excited. Cause like, it wasn't great last year. It just wasn't great. Um, you know, and I think unlike, you know, at least with Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles still made the defense very good. I thought Dennis Allen's defense dipped as well when he had to take on the, uh, you know, the head coaching responsibilities, but you're adding Derek Carr who like, listen, I didn't think Andy Dalton was bad last year. Like, I think obviously I'd rather Derek Carr than Andy Dalton in a vacuum, but I don't know if it was like a, a disaster last year when he was out there. Uh, and, you know, Derek Carr was is not coming off of a great year. But as long as Derek Carr steps, you know, can be Derek Carr, this should be, you know, easily the best quarterback play in the division. It's certainly what we're all betting on being the best quarterback play in the division. So tier three quarterback play for me, uh, you know, tier five head coaching uh, is where I have those two guys. Yeah, I have Carr in the same spot. Um I mean, he's he's good. He's fine. Um, the big thing is this year with this team, can these skill position guys work out? Because, you know, you look at a guy like Alvin Kamara is not getting any younger. You look at a guy like Chris Olave, good rookie year, and you look at a guy like Michael Thomas. I mean, that's probably the biggest gamble you have with this team. And I still think, you know, as we've seen with Carr over the years, like I think he's a solid quarterback to good quarterback, but he definitely needs talent around him to succeed. And are these guys going to be in the position to help him out? Yeah, because I, I got to be honest, I don't love this this supporting cast for Carr. I think that there's some yeah. there's some issues here. Uh, you know, the receiving core. We'll see what we get out of Michael Thomas, right? Uh, we'll we'll see what we get out of uh, Rasid uh, Shahid, uh, and you know, I like Chris Olave. I think he's good. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Jawan Johnson is currently uh, you know, maybe their best tight end. Is Jimmy Graham going to be their starting tight end? Uh, he might be. He legitimately might yeah. be in this situation. Um, you know, I, I don't love it. I, I have this tier five. Like Chris Olave is good. Maybe Michael Thomas steps it up. But, like I want, I want to see it. I want to see it for yeah. more than just a couple games before I'm willing to feel comfortable about it. So as of right now, that's where I have it. Yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to. I mean if we, if we get Michael Thomas back then all of a sudden this is a this is a fun group like yeah. this is all of a sudden interesting right. but you you can't even bet on that you you just can't sorry i took a drink i thought you were going to go on a little bit longer no, uh, but yeah uh and you know for the offensive line uh you know uh, you, you have Ryan Ramchek who's awesome Ryan Ramchek great great player but there's i have question marks about all the other four offensive linemen you know, uh, Cesar Ruiz, first round pick who has not lived up to the hype. Eric McCoy had a great rookie year and has really struggled since then. Uh, Anders Pete's been very up and down over the course of his career. And, uh, you know, uh, James Hurst at left tackle. I don't know what we're getting out of him. Um, this is a tier four offensive line for me. Yeah. Is it not pending at left tackle? I guess that's the big thing. Oh, I, kinda, I guess they, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, but still, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, unproven rookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it comes down to can these guys be consistent because they've been waiting. Like you said, Ruiz hasn't really worked out. They're going to give him another shot. Petting, I mean, there's still the flashes of him being a pretty good player. We'll see. 
McCoy and Pete, like you said, they really need a lot of those guys to be up because one of those things with Derek Carr is he does not like internal pressure. It's one of the things he really struggles with. And I could see a situation where they're giving up a lot of internal pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for the running back room, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara is a complete wild card for me. Uh, Jamal Williams is, I think, good. Uh, I, I went with a, a, a tier three halfback room here, though, because like I like Jamal Williams. I don't know if I think he's a star player. I don't know if he's a top 10 back in the league, which is kind of where you'd need to be to be you know, tier one or tier two. But Kamara is like, you know, at his best is an elite running back. And at his worst is, you know, not on the field or just, you know, uh, really just not on the field is the thing. So, you know, what are we going to get out of Alvin Kamara? How many games is he going to play? Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, Williams should be solid, but I'm going tier three. So I don't love this offense. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I do think getting Williams is going to help Kamara. I think that's the thing. Like they, they have mm. put a lot of burden on him as a running individual running back for a lot of years. And I think being able to change that a little bit should help this team a lot. So I think that'll help a little bit. Uh, Jamal Williams, I don't think he's going to get 17 touchdowns, but he is good at a lot of different things. So I think that should help. There, I guess the thing is, this offense definitely has the most upside because there are guys we've mm-hmm. seen be really good. And they have just, a quarterback. Yes, they have a quarterback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously the, the thing is, like if Kamara has a bounce, one more bounce back season, if Michael Thomas has a bounce back season healthy, this could all of a sudden look like a really good offense compared to a bad offense right like it could change quickly yeah absolutely there's uh i I totally think that there's there's the upside here for the saints um let's move on to the defense why don't we the you know it's 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 very simple funny how all you know sometimes these divisions kind of all go the same way it's another depth thing right uh for the secondary of marshawn Lattimore again we know who Lattimore is very fluky player, uh, you know, uh, does very well against Mike Evans. Um, I think Tyron Matthews awesome. Why does, why do people, why does, when did we turn on Tyron Matthew? He's, he's still been consistently good. Uh, and I think people act like he's not that great. Him and Marcus may very good safety situation, I think. But then it's like the, you know, Bradley Roby is, you know, like Lattimore, but to an extreme with his inconsistency, he definitely has some good years, has some really bad ones as well. Uh, and Paulson, uh, Adebo, both, Adebo and Roby are coming off of sub 50 PFF seasons last year uh, who both could be starting corners for them. So uh, Demario Davis to me and kind of the stars, the Lattimore to Davis, the Matthew to may uh, those guys elevated enough. I'm still going to go tier three coverage, but like this could fall off the rails if they don't find the depth here. Yeah. There's enough there to get kind of excited, but I agree. Like they really need a, uh, a, Adebo to work out like he has the potential to work out I still think um but obviously it's been a tough first couple of years um there's there's upside like I said there's upside obviously you know you never know what you're going to get out of Bradley Roby so it's uh it really just comes down to how all those guys pan out uh they do have my favorite player in football though okay who's that uh Jonathan Abram he he's still in the league (laughs) oh yeah here we go we're, we're excited. Uh, I can't wait to see him 15 yards out of position. Then Raiders fans tell me it was justified. He was doing something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, but he'll, he'll hit someone hard though. Yeah. He, he, he has the attitude to play football. That's for sure. Is Jonathan Abram the like go-to when you think about the Raiders in the Gruden Mayock era? Like he's the guy you think about of like, they totally just drafted him because he hits hard. Yeah. I'm, the, the good, the thing is, is like, he was at least a good prospect. 
he like, was yeah like the 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 alex leatherwoods and the um who was that's the other true guy? uh who was the other corner um, um I'm, I'm like damon Arnett. the ohio state kid yes yeah i mean mm-hmm. that kid i mean he was that that was ridiculous i mean damon Arnett least, was the weirdest thing because like he would never go more than five yards down the field like he would just like go mm-hmm. five he would play cover two that's all they played he would just go five yards down the field and like you're supposed to still cover like more 10 more yards further back. Why are you stopping every single time? Why has no coach come in and told you this? What is happening here? Yeah. Even like, you know, you look at like Claylon Farrell and like, I actually think Farrell is like an okay football player, but he mm-hmm. just like brings nothing of like positional, like everything that you value out of a defensive end. He doesn't do well. He does all the other stuff. Well, right. and it's just like only the Raiders valued that it was one of the most bizarre things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh yeah. Uh anyway, back back on topic here. The New Orleans Saints, their front seven. Uh, you know, uh Demario Davis, like I said, Demario Davis is a superstar. Uh, Demario Davis is awesome. Yes. Demario Davis is great. He's, you know, the best player on, probably the best player on this defense. Uh he, you know, is incredible. Um, you know, what are we getting out of Cameron Jordan at this point in his career? Uh, you know, he's not coming off his best year. He is getting up there in age. He wasn't terrible last year, but like just what are we getting? Uh, you know, uh, Carl Granderson had some really good, uh, you know, his PFF grades were very good last year. So, uh, you know, maybe they found something in, in him. You also have uh, what, uh, you know, Isaiah uh, Foxy as a, you know, an edge rusher, a rookie edge rusher that they hope to uh, bring on. And maybe he can do some stuff. He was the second round pick uh, who, again, not the best analytics, but we'll see. Uh, maybe not year one, but maybe, you know, he could do some stuff. Pete Warner at the linebacker position next to Demario Davis should be good. Uh, they drafted Brian Brisset. Uh, also have uh, Nathan Shepard as an interior defensive lineman. So I don't know. They got guys, uh, but this is not the Saints defensive line from a couple of years ago. I have it as tier four mm-hmm. for run defense and pass rush. Tier four. Um, I think it's a little better than that. I still think Cameron Jordan has some, some of the goods. Sure. Uh, I, I think, uh, listen, I, I think it's fair to have some questions about at this point in his career, what is he going to bring to the table? But I don't think the answer is nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I think Demario Davis is probably going to fix, you know, cover a lot of the mistakes. Some of this defense is going to make, cause he's that good. He's, he's in that tier. Sure. Yeah, he's in that cat category of the Bobby Wagner's Fred Warner's. Levante Davids. Yeah, absolutely. He's in that tier. So he's going to make up for a lot of the mistakes there. This is a really good linebacker core, I think. Like, Zach Bond, like, if he's healthy, I think he's an okay player. They just didn't even get healthy. Um, Him and Pete Warner and Davis, like, that's that could be an elite linebacker group. I guess that's the thing where it's like, okay, if you're banking on your linebackers being the best part of your defense, how good is your defense? But these are, like, Davis is also a special, special player, which might kind of negate that rule. It's it's totally possible. Uh, I mean, I, I can see it, but I just, I don't know. I feel like this is the team, like, it feels like they're going to have to rely on some very unproven players. Uh, you know, I didn't uh, talk about Peyton Turner, who's, you know, guy who uh, they drafted in the first round a year ago, only played, you know, didn't play 200 snaps last year. What we got out of him. They're expecting guys who I've never really seen play well, play well this year is kind of my concern. You, you could talk me into tier three for either of these, but there's, uh, you know, I still don't think it's, I, I, I just have, it's not that again, it's not that I can't see them succeeding because I can. It's just, I have some concerns here. Yeah. If this goes south, do you think Dennis Allen keeps his job throughout the season? I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, Well, throughout the season, I think this division's going to be bad. So I think that 
typically you don't see a head coach get fired when you have a chance to win the division. But uh, I don't if if this goes south, uh, goes NFC south, if you will. I don't mm. know how much I uh, feel like this could. Uh, I, I think so. I think I think he could uh, lose his job. I actually think that outside of Frank Reich, I think any of these head coaches could lose their job. I wouldn't be shocked if all three of them do at the end of this year. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't know. Uh, you know, the schedule, I don't think it's too, too bad, but like off the bat, you, you have Carolina and Tampa Bay in your first four weeks. So, you know, if you want to get ahead in the division, you probably have to win those early. I think at new England at green Bay aren't easy to play. I mean, it just kind of depends on how this goes early in the year. I do think that there is upside here, but, uh, we just haven't seen it from Allen and what he can do as a head coach. Yeah. And if I had to bet, I'd probably bet on me being uh, them over exceeding some of my picks more than under exceeding some of them uh that's what i think happens although i do think it's worth mentioning like sometimes quarterbacks when they get into the 30s do kind of fall off like it's not out of the question that Derek carr could be a worse quarterback now than he he used to like that that does happen i know he's only 32 and like we've seen guys play in their 40s but like you know andy Dalton's a perfect example of a guy kind of around this age you know just sort of took a step back uh you know it, it, it's i'm not betting on that happening but like it is a possibility yeah, I would agree with that. So, I mean, at his best, how <laughs> this is a crazy one. At his best, like, what level, like, is Derek Carr a top three quarterback in this conference? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I would have to kind of look at it. Because, uh, I mean, again, what, you know, he's competing with like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And, you know, obviously, I think Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, he's what got to be the number one guy. But, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's absolutely at his best, that caliber. But again, there's a big gap between like Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr at his best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, easily. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting. Um, you know, there, there are, it, it's an interesting division to watch just because I do feel like there's a lot of variability with a lot of these teams. Like there are things that could go really good or really bad with a lot of these teams. And it just kind of depends on how a lot of it works out and none of it might work out. And all these teams might just be mid. That's just kind of what it is. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a fascinating division to watch. Yeah, I have it. I I think if all these teams are mid, that will be over exceeding expectations. I have the saints at seven and 10. So uh, (laughs) I have a, I have a tie with the saints and Buccaneers at, uh, you know, as first. And I have the, you know, it's a tie for first at seven and 10. I don't have too high expectations for this division. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you do a community poll? Uh, oh, I forgot to do that. So, uh, no, I, I meant to do that, but I forgot. So uh, I'll All do right. it. All here's what I'll do it uh, once we get off the show, and then next week I'll have it. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, NFC South seven and ten division winner. That's what we're looking forward to. I'll I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll give the Saints the the nod though. I think that with the quarterback play, I'll give them this. I'll, that's the team that I will put my official prediction in for who will uh, you know make the playoffs. Looking forward to it. <laughs> What, what playoff you, game. Did you, did you have a uh a prediction with the Saints? Uh I'd say 10 and 7. Let's go 10 and 7. Why not? Okay. So you're so you're, say, so you're buying into the the you know Derek Carr bounce back and maybe uh you're not, I, you think I'm too low on some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean I just uh, I don't know. I could see some of this stuff working out. Maybe I'm too much of an optimist. Like let's just say I don't know, Except for maybe. Tampa Bay, no chance Baker Mayfield succeeds. But somehow, somehow, Bijan Robinson is going to come in and be the best running back in football. Uh, the you know Michael Thomas is going to come back and play great. Uh, you also aren't, aren't a huge. What's that? Uh, you also aren't crazy about Carolina, but still, 
Yeah, I um, I I went through the ringer on Baker Mayfield. I, I put a lot of stock in him early. Had to come down off that. Uh, haven't quite recovered from it. I don't. I'm not ready to trust him again. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that you. I don't think. You, I don't think you should. I'm. I, I totally agree. I'm just saying. I think you could. You know. Uh, I'm just saying. As a Tampa Bay fan, uh, he's going to be the best quarterback in football. You think so? I think so. I think MVP. Um, what would you do if Baker Mayfield wins MVP? Uh, probably give up podcasting. <laughs> oh no! This, this leaks. This leaks too unpredictable. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that. Then, then we, uh, who will I podcast with? I don't know. Uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe. <laughs> Brandon says seven and ten. Did you smoke your breakfast this morning? What does that even mean? Smoke your breakfast? I do like a good smoked sausage. Yeah. Yeah, I like, is that just a question? Are there two unrelated questions? They maybe uh, Brandon misheard me and then was asking, like, would they have like a smoked sausage uh, for breakfast? I mean, it's it's not inconceivable that the Saints go seven and ten. They just did it last year. It's not that much of a different theme outside of Derek Garr. Yeah, uh, well, I think and I think that's what the again, this is where things get tricky is because it's last the the equation that everyone does is last year's record plus the talent we added in the offseason when that's not how that works. Yeah, no. no. Um, it's just not how it works. <laughs> I don't right. Know. Uh, yeah, I mean, year to year is different. But yeah, I mean, I just... Yeah, they added some talent at quarterback, no doubt. I picked um, them to win a division. Yeah. <laughs> Seven and ten. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's some issues with this team that people aren't talking about. I think that's very true. Um, I can see this interior of the offensive line getting eaten alive. Uh, and I think that the secondary outside of their safeties could get eaten alive. So, yeah, I just, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't love the coaching as well. That's kind of another factor in this. But, you know, uh, we'll see how it goes. It's a wide open division. If one of these teams, I could see either of these teams winning the division, which you can't say that about uh, most of these divisions. So there's at least like, some, some excitement there. Yeah. That's uh, like the yeah. saying you must be high, bro. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I understood. I understood the joke. Yeah. Just in case. Um. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate everyone who comments, even if you're uh, not very uh, thrilled of our takes. Uh, thanks for taking, taking some time out of your day to watch us regardless. We're just having some fun. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anything else to say about this division? Um, no, I'm done talking about it and it's my, my team's in it. So yeah, let's, let's, let's stop it. All right. Let's stop it. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, have you watched uh Barbenheimer yet? I I watched Barbie. Um, okay. I might go to Oppenheimer next week. I'm in, I'm surprised that I would have thought you would be an Oppenheimer first kind of guy. I wanted to see Oppenheimer first. I got outvoted. Um, okay. Gotcha. My, yeah. So I got outvoted. It is what it is. I'm looking forward to Oppenheimer. I haven't read spoilers. Just kidding. <laughs> right. I, I still feel like there's some things like I don't know. I don't know all the details, right? Like I don't. Like I know it's a real event, but like I'm not a. I I, I slept through history class in high school. Like I, I you know, uh, it's still new to me. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still a lot that I probably don't know. So it's mm -hmm. a, um, you know, it's it, it'll it'll be a fun watch, I think, for a yeah, three hour I, biopic. It, it is. Uh, I'm not a huge. I'm not typically a huge Nolan fan. Uh, but this one, I think this oh, is really? my, my favorite. Yeah, for whatever, I don't know. I've always just had like nitpicks with it. It's always been kind of a thing where I've, I've always felt like it consistently makes like eight out of tens for me, but not like 
Uh, th- this is my favorite of his movies. I think that this is his. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really liked it a lot. So, uh, you know, I thought they're they're both great. I didn't I didn't like Tenet, but I've liked a lot of other his stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm constantly like it's like Interstellar, which is another one I like, but it's like that ending. I'm just like. I just, it didn't work for me at all. There's always like parts of his movies, and even like in this uh, move, you know, in Oppenheimer, like there's there's certain like scenes where I'm like, okay, this feels like kind of clunky and like you know, yeah, like very exposition heavy and all that stuff. I, I I think that he's an incredible director, an incredible editor, and sometimes a clunky writer. I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. Inception's a ten out of ten, though. That's all I gotta say. E- even that one, it's just like sometimes like some of the dialogue, I'm just like, you know, it, yeah. it's just a little bit clunky for me. Uh, Killian Murphy is also a 10 out of 10 in sure. everything he's in. He's fantastic. Um, what else was I going to say about the movie? Um, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll give it a watch. I'll see what I think. Um, I'm usually not a big biopic fan. Like, I think this okay. biopic genre has just gone too far. Mm-hmm. Like, well, now we're getting into, uh, like, brands. Like, now we're yeah. doing, like, all the brands and stuff. Like, like, like you know, like, stop it. Yeah. It's it's gone too far. Like the the Queen one was just like the the fact that that won awards. I, I'll never get over uh-huh. it. Like right, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that 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 that's not an award winning movie. Like I, I I'm still annoyed by it. I didn't like yeah, that movie. All, all that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah, every year, uh, you know, the, the Oscars. It's like the worst like two movies that are nominated are always like biopics. Yeah. But at least, like, the, I feel like the thing is, is, like, you know, Oppenheimer, like, is not, like, famous famous. Like, this is someone mm-hmm. people go around. Like, Freddie Mercury, like, we all know who he is. You right. know, Elvis, we all know who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, this is at least a little bit of injury again. I mean, he's not going to have as much, say, you know, Oppenheimer's not, you know, having as much say over his film as some of these other people in these, you know, working these movies. Yeah, one thing one thing I liked about it too was like it was just like, uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but like just like it was actually about something about like sort of the like you know I feel like a lot of times with Nolan movies they're kind of just like entertainment they're they're just they're blockbusters I mean that's what they are they're 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 big budget blockbusters but I kind of feel like they're sometimes a bit more like uh you know like I don't know uh like, you know Interstellar it's like hey love is cool it's like all right yeah uh sure. Uh, but like, you know, I don't know what, what we're really, what else we're doing there, but, uh, you know, but, but it's, that's why, you know, Oppenheimer worked for me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, maybe, maybe I'll watch it next week and give you my thoughts. Um, okay. We'll, we'll do our, we'll, we'll do, stay tuned next week when we, uh, talk about many things, maybe, uh, Oppenheimer. We will also be talking about the, uh, final division, the NFC West. We have not talked about the NFC West. Uh, it should be uh, interesting division. Yeah, final division of the NFC. We still got the whole AFC to do. But yeah. NFC West is fascinating. Um, two good teams at the top. Maybe the Rams are a sleeper. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe the Cardinals? No. <laughs> All right. We'll see if we have any hot takes. Do we have any hot takes? Everyone in the world is picking Cardinals 4, Rams 3, uh, You know, Seah- uh, Seahawks 2, and 49ers 1, right? There's not well, a person yes. on the planet who has changed that uh, besides that. You don't even have to tune in next week. That's what our ours are going to be. Well, you'll see next week what I haven't ranked. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll have a hot take. Uh, we'll see then. But yeah, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, before we go, uh, Kyle, let me know can find us on Twitter before we head out. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Grondon. And make sure to follow the account page at On the Sideline JK. That is at On the Sideline JK.
Yes, and I appreciate that, Brandon, in the chat. But yeah, uh, of course, if like audio only podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, on the sideline podcast, uh, you know, search that, uh, it should show up, uh, and then you can listen to us. Don't have to look at our faces. Yes, um, that's usually the better way to do it. Yeah, I think that's how. Uh, I think most people just like uh, you know. I, I bet there's a lot of like uh, people want listening with uh, in one tab while opening something else in another tab. I think on the YouTube stuff. That's probably the smart way to do it too. Um, mm-hmm. I usually have things in the open tab. So I, you know, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not yeah, I don't really like watch. I, every now and then, if I'm eating, I'm like, oh, and I'm already listening to podcasts. I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll just you know keep it on, just watch it. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically how it goes. Yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you to everybody again. We do appreciate it. Until next time, have a good one. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chum. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.